The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Well, grace and peace to you this morning. We're so glad that you're here with us. And uh, um, as already been stated, a happy Mother's Day to all the, the mothers who are present this morning. Um, we are involved in a series of lessons entitled Set Free, and so we are wrapping that up this morning. This is the last of that series, and we'll move on to, to something else next week. Um, life in England during the 1840s was, was not a pleasant time for many. Poverty was rampant. People worked long hours for low wages. Uh, families went hungry. And this was combined with a fear of overpopulation. And so there was great concern that England would eventually be unable to feed its own people. That they could not produce enough food um, to, to feed everyone. And so during this time, children often worked rather than going to school. Uh, They were viewed as cheap labor, but more than that, their fingers were small and dexterous. And so they worked with dangerous machines that left many of them crippled. And a common philosophy for business owners during this time was this. Hard heads, hard hearts, good business. Soft heads and soft hearts lead to the bankruptcy court. One writer observed this problem and wanted to do something about it. And he felt like an essay on the problems of poverty or the benefits of generosity would do little good. It would probably just go unnoticed. So what he decided to do was to write a story. And that writer's name was Charles Dickens. And the book he wrote was A Christmas Carol. And it was a a book that Dickens used to address the problems of his day. But it was also a book that was firmly rooted in New Testament teachings regarding poverty and generosity. And his book greatly influenced England as well as other countries around the world. And it's a story that continues to be retold even today. Now over the last few weeks we have been talking about this idea of being set free. And so many people feel burdened by debt or a busy schedule or clutter. And we live in this culture that says we need more. We need to own more. We need to earn more. We need to do more. And this is a message that we continually hear. But some of us have lived with this message long enough to know that it doesn't bring us happiness. It does not give us purpose or fulfillment. In fact, if we live our life by this message, then it often leads to stress and worry. We feel as if we are slaves to the need for more. Because no matter what we buy or what we do, it never satisfies this need. And so we're never able to own enough, we're never able to earn enough, we're never able to do enough. We always want more. Now, the answer to this way of living is an alternative lifestyle that's described for us 
within the pages of Scripture. And so it's a way of life that relies on God and encourages trust in Him. We're not to strive after more and more, but instead seek to be content with what we already have. We are to practice the spiritual discipline of fasting because this helps us distinguish uh, our wants from our needs. We are to create space in our lives rather than fill every second with something. We are to remember that God views rest as something that is good. And it's even something that God practices and he wants us to do the same. And this alternative way of living is a means of blessing. We, we feel better about ourselves. We feel better about the life we are living. We're not constantly stressed and burdened by the pressures of society. We are set free. But here's the thing. Our goal is not simply to be set free. Now, I know that's what many of us want. We, we feel the pressures of debt or the pressures of a, a busy schedule, and we just want out. We want free from those things. And I get that. And this is the first step to a life of purpose. We need to be set free from these burdens so that we can do something meaningful with our life. And so our, our goal is to be set free with a purpose. We are to free ourselves of debt and a busy schedule and these other things so that we might be able to bless others. And this is what we read about in the Bible. This is what God has in mind for us. So I want you to notice what Paul writes at the end of 1 Timothy. He writes, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. And so I want us to notice a few things about this passage. First, notice what Paul is talking about. Now, we may jump to the word rich, which he actually uses several times. Um, we may see this as a passage that's directed towards rich people. But I, I think that we should look a little deeper. Why is Paul giving us these instructions? Well, he says this, so that we, or so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. And so this is a passage about what it means to have a meaningful life. So if anyone wants to take hold of that which is truly life, um, then this passage holds the key. Well, what is it that makes our life meaningful? What gives it a purpose? Well, it begins, he says, by not relying on riches. Because money and possessions offer us a false hope. They do not bring true meaning to our life. And in fact, the pursuit of these things can lead to misery. Not only that, they are something that can be taken away at any moment. Uh, what we should put our trust in, Paul says, is God. Because it is God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And so God offers us real help 
And, and his presence is something that cannot be taken from us. And I also want you to notice something else here. God does not give us things so that we can just store them up or that we can hoard them. He gives us things so that we might enjoy them. Now, if we don't have the right view of our things, then we're going to be miserable. Our things will end up owning us instead of us finding enjoyment in our things. Okay. But that's not all. What gives our life meaning and purpose is when we are generous and ready to share. And so we were created to be generous people. It's in our DNA. It's who we are. Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And this is not just some simple saying. It gets to the heart of who God is. And it gets to the heart who he created us to be. There is a constant giving and receiving within the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit give and receive from one another. God is continually giving to his creation. And so if we were created in this image of God, then why would we think that we are any different? We were created to give. And this is what brings joy to our life. This is what gives us fulfillment. Now, I should also say something about the word rich. Because when we see this word, uh, we may be tempted to just ignore what comes next. We may just think, well, you know, here's something that doesn't apply to us. And the reason we do this is because most of us don't think that we're rich. Well, I want to help us out with that this morning. I want to share a few statistics Um, In 2005, the global median income was $1,225. This means that half of the world's population lives on less than $1,225 a year. Okay, 80% of the world's population lives on less than $10 a day. That's $3,650 a year. And if you make more than $34,000 a year after taxes then you are among the richest 1% in the world. And when we consider what it means to be rich globally, then everyone here this morning is rich. Now, we tend to think being rich means being able to buy just whatever we want. But for most of the world, being rich means being able to buy what you need. And we all meet this standard. We have a home. We own a car. We have plenty to eat. We spend money on entertainment, which is a luxury that that many people around the world just cannot afford. We are rich. And so Paul's instructions at the end of 1 Timothy are directed towards us. Uh, Since we all have what we need, this means that we must consider what we do with the excess. Um, Do we spend it on ourselves? Do we save it? Do we do something else with it? Well, Christianity has consistently said over the years that we should take part of that excess or all of the excess, one or the other, and we should use it to bless others. John Chrysostom, a Christian writing in the 4th century, penned these words. He said, So what is the skill that rich people should acquire 
They must learn how to use their wealth well to the good of all the people around them. The ordinary craftsperson may think that that is an easy skill to learn. On the contrary, it is the hardest skill of all. It requires both great wisdom and great moral strength. Look at how many rich people fail to acquire it and how few practice it to perfection. So the Bible teaches us that we are stewards of our wealth. And that's important to understand um, because this means that our wealth, what we have, our, our money, our possessions, whatever, they don't belong to us. That everything belongs to God. And that God blesses us with things. And then we are to take these blessings from God uh, and we're to bless others with them. The problem is that we rarely think of our wealth in these terms. We think of it as being our own. And we think that we've worked hard for what we have and that we shouldn't just give it away. And there's a danger in this type of thinking because it denies who we are and what God wants us to do, our purpose in life. We must learn to be generous. At one point in the book of Isaiah, the prophet addresses a group of people who wanted to experience divine intimacy. In other words, they wanted to be close to God. They they were fasting and praying so that God would come near. They wanted this, um, you know, divine experience. And I want you to listen to what Isaiah says to these people. He says, Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then, in other words, if you do these things, shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall bring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. And so the people of Isaiah were looking for this deeper spirituality. They they were looking for this worship experience that they were never going to forget. They wanted to know God like they had never known him before. And the prophet tells them, that they will get what they desire as soon as they share their bread with the hungry, provide a home for the homeless, and clothe the naked. He says that this is when they will receive spiritual healing. This is when God will speak to them, when he will answer their call. Now, these instructions regarding generosity are not just for the people of Isaiah's day. In fact, Jesus invites us to do the same thing in Matthew 25. He says that we will find him. We will find Jesus in the face of the poor and the downtrodden. We encounter him when we help others. And so helping others is not just an exercise in generosity. It is that. But it's also an encounter with the Almighty. It feeds our soul and it provides us with the spiritual nourishment that we so desperately need. 
Now, the problem is we sometimes experience a disconnect within Christianity regarding our speech and our actions. What I mean by that is we talk about these things. And I think most of us probably even have a desire within us to do these things. We, we want to do them. But we don't always know what to do. And, and often this is because we don't know where to start. Um, we don't know where to find people in need. Sometimes we're looking for the wrong thing, and this is why we're unable to find someone to help. We may be looking for a homeless person standing on the side of the road with a sign. And the truth is that there are people all around us who need help. Um, some of them are, are poor because they have little possessions or little money. Uh, some of them are poor in other ways. They have, may have lots of money, and they may be spiritually poor. Um, there are people who need someone to listen to them. There are people who need a favor from a friend. There are people who don't have the same skill set as you do, and therefore you could help them with something that they could not do themselves. Being generous with our time and money is not an option. It is a core part of what it means to be a Christian. It is how people are able to see Jesus in us. It is how we are a light to the world. It is how we receive spiritual blessings that we are so often looking for, just like the people in Isaiah's day. They wanted these spiritual blessings. They craved these spiritual blessings. And Isaiah says you'll find them as soon as you be generous, as soon as you go out and help those who are in need. It gives our life meaning, and it gives our life purpose. And so over the last few weeks, we have talked a lot about being set free. But make sure that you are set free for a purpose. Take this newfound freedom that you've been given and do something with it. Use it to bless others. And in return, you will find that your own life has been blessed. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Let's pray. Father, we come before you at this time um, craving a spiritual experience, just like the people in Isaiah's day. We want to know you. We want to be close to you. And Father, we acknowledge that um, sometimes we're not looking in the right places. Sometimes the answer is right in front of us within your word. That we need to go out and help others and be generous with all the things you have given us. You have been so good to us. You have blessed us with so many things. And we, in return, need to learn how to bless others. Father, help us do this. Help us be a light in this community. Help us to lead others to you through our generosity. We're so thankful for, for Jesus who was constantly giving of himself. 
in the life that he lived. We're thankful for his example and his sacrifice. And we pray this in his name. Amen.